first things first, Frank, I fucked up yesterday because I did not tell you where I was and we mis miscommunicated and that was fully on me. You know, it happens. It's coastals, different places in America, you know. The time zones. Yeah. Yeah. Those pesky TZs. Yes, I understand. And But it was my fault. I apologize. I'm glad we get it done today. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's all my fault. You had nothing to do with it. It's, it is it, it, it is my issue. And, and I apologize. So that means this one's going to be really quick. Just super five minutes. Great. Yeah. That's about all I've got to keep people interested. So <laughs> I don't believe that, sir. I don't believe that. But anyways, when did you start playing piano? Um, when I was five, five years old. Yeah. My, uh, you know, my mother is like, you know, he's like, there's baseball or t-ball or whatever you could do uh soccer your uh we can get your piano lessons and um i should preface this that um i think it was at christmas time they got me a little casio like the small ones with the drum machine and the little speakers and the keys really small and uh i was just way into it and um so yeah they got me piano lessons with this lady who lived in the neighborhood and I did that for about six months. And when it started getting hard, I lost interest and I stopped practicing. So of course they took me out of it. And a couple of years later, when I was eight, they got me another Casio, a nicer one with normal size keys. And uh, I just got way deep into it. My dad's also a bass player. Uh, he was like touring in the seventies and rock bands and stuff. And uh, he also went to Berkeley. Um, so, uh, having him there also was inspiring and influential. And, um, there was always cool music in the house. He had a, he had a nice vinyl collection, him and my mom. And, uh, I got back into lessons again when I was 10 and, uh, I don't know. The rest is history. I like how they doubled down. They're like, it didn't work out when he was six. Let's try eight. We give him a bigger board and then we'll see what happens. And it did work. Yeah, it did. The over under on that is just insane, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. But, yeah, uh, but I mean, but it it obviously worked out, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, yeah, I had some great teachers growing up, and I got to go to the performing arts high school, and uh, which got me prepared for college, and ended up moving to New York for school, and yeah. And you were originally from Texas, correct? Uh huh. Yeah. Very nice. What where uh what whereabouts? Uh Garland. It's like a suburb of Dallas. All right. Very uh, nice. No, yeah. that's that's the place to be. Garland, Texas. That's uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. It's it's Garland. It's fine. Little just kind of quiet Texas suburb. It's actually a good place to grow up. Good. I, I'm glad you're not talking shit on it now. No. A lot of Garland listeners on this podcast. That's the main demographic of this. Nice. So you know. The 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 I'm very big in that town. That's it. Nice. That's it though. No nowhere else. It's just Garland. Yeah. That, that little pocket somewhere. People, yeah. people love it. Can't 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 get enough. Of it. I actually plan a tour out there. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. You know. Oh, I'm sure my parents already got tickets. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. They they already RSVP'd. I because they're on my mailing list. You know. So I emailed them immediately, and they're like, "Yes." They they sent in confirmation Excellent. for all 17 nights. So. <laughs> really big residency there but yeah, yeah but that's that's down the line i don't want to i, I don't want to uh you know blow it up or anything yet we'll, right. we'll we'll see uh ticket prices are going pretty pretty high on this one but right. <laughs> it's well worth it it's well worth it you know you're good at this yeah uh, yeah i'm as you could tell i mean we're, we're three minutes in and i'm just this is gonna be the biggest one yet i can feel it nice all right well <laughs> this, this is it and you're and, and you're part of it you know hell yeah yeah. Can I say hell? Can I cuss on this? You can say whatever the heck you want, dude. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but uh, if it if it wasn't for uh, piano that that you that you chose that, what would be the secondary instrument? What would be the runner up that you would have chosen to really hone in on? Oh man, I I don't even know. I you know I did like uh, woodwind, like in brass instruments, stuff that was like shiny. Especially in those, uh, my brother 
uh, played alto uh, at the time when we were kids. And um, I remember he would get these like Yamaha catalogs from where he took lessons. They had all these like amazing pictures of saxophones in them. And I, I just thought it looked so cool. I was like, man, I should play saxophone. This is, you know, right. Real elegant and shiny, but yeah, I, I'm not sure it's, and over the years I've, I've tried to like get into playing other instruments. You know, I have a guitar, but, uh, I don't know. Piano is enough. It's, it's more than I can handle, you know, those people who can play multiple instruments. I don't know how they do it. They're just, there's something in their DNA, I guess. But uh, yeah, eighty-eight keys—that's it for me. That's about all I can. Oh, only eighty-eight. Oh, well, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you act like that's not impressive. That is. I don't even use all eighty-eight. I wouldn't know how to. Still, though, they're there. You you have them at your disposal. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when when did you realize you you really wanted to pursue this? This being music. Yeah, I it it was never like a realization. It was just, just kind of like I'm doing this. Yeah, I don't know. Do it, yeah. Yeah, I, I also started playing uh, gigs at a very young age. When I was ten, uh, there's an antique shop in Plano, Texas, that um, I think my grandmother, they had a little tea shop in there, and my grandmother like got me a gig playing there every Saturday from twelve to two. I got paid 20 bucks and lunch. 20 bucks, two hours of work and lunch? Woo! Yeah. Man. Yeah. And then from that, like, I don't know, other stuff started coming in. It's like, oh, let's get the 10-year-old to come play at our luncheon or whatever. Sure, sure. You know? So you become real hot real fast. Yeah, real hot. That was that was the breakout at the at the antique store. Yep. That was, was it. Did you did you feel like you were cramped playing that thing? Because every time I'm in an antique store, I always feel like I'm just very cautious of even turning or taking a corner. I I just feel like I'm gonna break something, you know? Totally, yeah. And this was a mall, oh. so it's like tons of little stalls everywhere. And you know, when you have like a little kid in there, like carrying his Casio in, people are just like, "Whoa, easy there! You're gonna knock over this like old rusty thing that has some sort of I don't know." Sentimental value, yeah, more than anything. Did you ever yeah. end up breaking anything there? Probably, but I don't remember. <laughs> I, I break shit all the time. I'm sure I broke all kinds of things there. Intentionally swinging that keyboard around. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, what, what what do you feel attracts you to music in, in in to its core? What it what is the the driving factor in it? Oh man. Really good question. Thank you. I have I have one per episode, and we got that out early, so you know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Not to get real like nerdy about it, but uh, melody. I think melody is just. I think it's something that's in all of us, and um, yeah. It, it, and it also melody can be kind of like connected to just your 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 the way you speak. And uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and rhythm, of course. There's pacing to all of this. Um, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's yeah. a part. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I yeah, melody. I guess. I don't know. What do other people say? I don't know. Um, I th I think that's. I mean, I I I ask every question every so often. I I, I like to pepper in new questions. I think yeah. um some people you just say what because sometimes the connection's poor. So I guess like that's like the overall initial <laughs> answer to this. But no, I I I like your answer. Yeah. And I, I like the secondary is rhythm. Everybody's always talking about rhythm. No 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 no. It's melody. That's that's the key component to this. Yeah, melody. Yeah, take a backseat rhythm. That's why I say. Rhythm comes second. <laughs> um, so when, when did you start getting into creating compositions? Was this way later on, like when you're in New York? No, I, I started writing like as soon as I was playing. I was just interested in, yeah, just, just creating something, you know. I think when you're in the antique store, you know, that's 
I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's the bait. That's the home. It's like, that's where everybody wants to be when they're writing stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I think the first song I ever wrote was called like stairs. Cause it literally just went up and down the piano chromatically. All 88 like, or, you know, 44. Just 12. Or actually, you know, actually that's not true. It was, it was kind of like, I was trying to imitate like a walking bass line, you know? Um, and your dad was into that one for sure. Oh yeah. I'm sure like it was something he was playing that was like, kind of caught my ear and I was like, oh, I'm going to try to play that on the piano. And then of course, like I only knew the blues scale for those of you. That's just like a, um, I don't know if you can hear this or not. I have a keyboard here. I, I can. Yeah. Um, you know, like the blue scale. Yeah. Um, so I was just is going to be on me for this one, Frank. Thanks. I'm uh, going to, I'm uh, going to get flagged. And say, hey, oh, no, I'll, you... I'll, I'll talk to them. Okay, <laughs> good, good. Cause they don't yeah. like talk to me. I, and I don't like talk to them either. It's a really like love hate relationship, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a real issue between me and them. <laughs> yeah. You know. I have CSAC, so I, I don't know of anything. I, I stay away from the ASCAP guys. Fuck them. Yeah, they can suck it. <laughs> Just like rhythm. Yeah, rhythm. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you, so you're, you're pursuing music when you were young, and you said that your, your brother was as well. Did he, did he take it to the extent that you did, or did he kind of just – it just kind of left, went out of his life? Yeah, he played, I feel like, through uh... – probably through like, I don't know, middle school. And then, um, yeah, he stopped playing at some point. He rock climbs. He's a rock climber, a very good rock climber. And uh, we used to climb together, but you can't really be a piano player and rock climb because it really screws with your fingers. I was going to say, though, it might make him stronger, you know, maybe chalk up before you play. This is also an uh, you know, <laughs> totally. innovation. Yeah. <laughs> real sweaty hands just like let's chalk up the piano right i've right. seen some guys like lube up the keys which i think is real weird i'm like you know that's that's strange so for what like what, what would what would be the purpose of that i'm not sure actually i think i only saw like one guy do that once still that one guy is just maybe he's on to something that nobody else is privy to yeah maybe <laughs> i mean i know guitar players use that stuff sometimes there's something they like rub on their strings to help sliding up and down the neck but um yeah piano i don't know the chalk you know that's that's yeah I'm, I'm taking it a step further i'm trying to i'm trying to mesh the two worlds together because they've been apart for too long absolutely yeah. yeah we're getting there now did you get him into it or did he get you into it um i was definitely into it first uh but also, he might have got, I'm not sure, but he probably got into it because of my dad and me. You know, my dad and I were playing tunes together, and, you know, I think we were just like, oh, man, we could get Chris and something like that. I don't remember. Right, right, right. So but, so you so you, you were into it for a little bit, but then you, you're like, piano is, is where the fingers need to be. Yeah. All right. Much. I, 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 I like either way. Yeah. Do you, now do you, do you go out and, and do it still at like a gym or something, or are you just completely over it? No, totally over it. Um, yeah. At a certain point it was like in my hand, the, uh, my joints were, I could feel them kind of like stretching apart and it was really messing with, uh, my technique and just the way it felt at the piano and, I just kind of had to like pick one. So piano. Yeah, another life though, right? Yeah, maybe. But what is your process for creating music for a film? I mean, is it is it do you, do you have like a certain kind of steps that that you that you take while doing this or is it kind of just a it just a happenstance thing? Yeah, um basically what happens is the uh the filmmaker will send me the movie with a fake score on it and they're like we want it to sound like this can you make it sound like that we want the cues and these places we want them this long we like the the vibe of this and so um i'll take the film and usually 
I, I don't know what the process is for other people, and I've only done a few films, but I'll chop up all the scenes in QuickTime and then import them into, uh, I use this program on my computer called Logic for recording music. So I can import the scene in there and then I'll watch the scene and I'll just usually, depending on what it is, um, start at the piano and just play watching it. Um, if it's something rhythmic, I'll usually like take the tempo of the cue of uh, the like the the temp music that they sent and uh yeah capture something that you know can somehow connect what i'm doing with the scene and um the emotion going on right right and then build it up from there you know start to orchestrate and arrange and but um yeah. You're being your brother for the sax. I get it. Yes, you're dead on bass. I understand this. Yes, I, 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 I see how this is formulating. Totally. Yeah, my dad did play on a score I was working on at one point. That was pretty fun. Good. I'm yeah. glad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You, you have to bring him in. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I mean, that's that's insane. So, are are you watching it um, on mute? I'm assuming, right? And then you're just kind of playing along. Like, okay, this would work for that. Yeah, well, I, I have, uh, I'll get two versions of the movie, uh, one with no music on it at all. So, and I'll have them line, the cues lined up in Logic so I can like mute the one with music and just hear dialogue and, you know, which, yeah, that's all. Which is good. You make it really, really, uh, just really loud when the, when the dialogue is coming in, right? Oh yeah. Put, put a put a nasty horn over it, right? Yeah. Lots yeah. of white noise, distortion, symbols, like just really want to like drown out whatever's being said. I'll throw some echo on a flute. Get crazy with it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> echo with flute. That's the best. Right, right. Yeah. Echo. Under underappreciated effect and instruments combined. Definitely. Yeah. Flute, flute with echo on it, yeah. <laughs> When when do you know that the the this the score is complete? Um, I guess once I finish all of those cues. If there's like a movie, like I think the last movie I did had something. There was a lot of cues. It was like nearly sixty cues, and um, usually I'll, I'll, I'll the cues. A lot of times they won't take that long. Um they'll be pretty sparse. It's like, this just needs like a synth pad and maybe like a few like high piano notes and that's it. And that can, like, I could have that cue done in like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And then, but then it's like, you get to something else and it's like, oh, this needs like a full band. I have to like record drums and bass and get a singer and guitars. And um, so, then that's like that turns into a whole session and it's like i gotta bring in figure out if there's other cues like that in the in the movie and um yeah right but yeah then once that they're all done i'll go back and check it out and do some tweaks and but um yeah that's the overall process i'm also like sending cues to the filmmaker as i'm making them in getting any notes from them that they want to change, you know? Um, so, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's super, super easy process. It's like a day, right? For a whole score. Whole day. Yeah. Yeah. Just, 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 just one, <clears throat> just one day, just one business day. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's only what the movies average, what two hours. Yeah. So. And that, and that and that that leaves you time to dick around if you were really honed in on it. I mean, what forty five minutes, right? Yeah, skip all the parts without music. Yeah, Just fast yeah. forward that. Totally, that's like Hans Zimmer. That's what he does. Good. Yeah, and that's what you should do as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you already know the tricks to the trade. I mean, this is this is not new knowledge to you. Yeah. You know, one of these days, I'm gonna I'll be there. I'll get it together. <laughs> Do you find it's easier to create music for somebody else's project than your own? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because you're yeah. just less attached to it? 
I think so. Yeah. And a lot of times these things, sometimes there's like deadlines and it's like, you have to get this thing done. And, um, I won't get super fussy with like minute details. Um, if the, if the vibe is there, you know, with my own music, I could just sit there and tinker with it forever. You know, I made a record during COVID and I remade the entire, I've I made the record and then I re-recorded it a second time. Like it was insane. The whole record was made like, you know, with all these synthesizers and stuff. And then uh, I decided I wanted to, wanted to replace all the synths and drum machines with, or with like orchestral instruments and like an actual drummer. So yeah. It's like that kind of, that's, that's crazy. That's like the only thing you could do during a pandemic. You could never do that any other time. Like, I mean, I guess you could, but you would never put out any music. Right. You'd just be working on that the whole time. Yeah. So did you, did you keep what you did in the beginning as well as what you switched it to, or is just the first one abandoned? I wish I did. I just recorded over it because they're all like in one project, you know? Right. So I was just like, oh, Moog line here. I'm going to replace that with flute. So then I just record over it with the flute. With the echo on it. With the echo, duh. Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, there's no other way of doing it, right? Definitely not. I mean, this is the correct way of doing things, is what I'm saying, right? That's the correct way. How did, how did you feel the first time that somebody uh, approached you with this opportunity? Like... Uh... What do you mean doing doing to, yeah to, to to bring some music onto an uh, somebody else's project oh yeah stoked that was super i was very excited um yeah i, I don't even remember what that would have been but i mean i love writing music i love composing and when people reach out and need they ask me if i want to write something for whatever they're working on i'm always game you know, yeah, for that check, I get it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's all about the money for you, correct? It's nothing about I, I know you don't enjoy making music, it's all for the, the profit, though, correct? Oh, yeah, so much money to be made, too, in, in music, mm -hmm. as a composer, and mm -hmm. yeah, and there's a lot to go around. It's not just to, to a few select people, anybody can get on it, so it's yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a really easy business to break into, anybody could do it. It's really easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally easy. Yeah, GarageBand comes on all the Apple computers now. You can. It's pre-installed. You don't even have to look for it. Yeah. And you can release your music right to iTunes. You know, you just hit export to iTunes and boom. You know? Yeah, there it is. And uh, Spotify plays really well, though. I and mean, like, even if you get like one stream, that's like $1,000, right? It's something insane. And I don't know why people aren't banking on this. Yeah. I don't either. The, you make two songs, you can you can pay rent for like a year. Uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Really, really easy stuff. Really easy money. Totally. People say the art's hard, but it's uh, I don't know. I don't know who those people are. I mean, it's yeah, what are they thinking? Really yeah. easy. Yeah, you're obviously you you've you've been down this road. I can right. Tell. No, yeah, I'm I'm sitting in a mansion right now. Yeah. It looks. I love your room. I I like the art in there. Nice oh, oh oh this this is the fourth bedroom it's kind of like you know it's it's the it's it's the throwaway room that's oh, okay all right well yeah this is the fourth master bedroom yeah mm -hmm. i want to see the, the other three yeah well, well yeah uh um architectural digest is coming over later on today but i'm not going to show them all of it i feel like that would be just too much you know love that paper magazine right. book newspaper yeah all three do you currently reside in new york or are you, are you okay yeah i moved here in 2001 and um at one point in uh 2014 of uh, i wanted to try living in california i was going to move to la and um so i left new york and i stopped in texas on the way uh with the intention of only being there for a few months and um and i went out to la and was doing gigs out there and some touring and stuff and uh 
was checking it out and decided I wanted to move back to New York. So I just stayed in Texas for a year, uh, paid off some debt and moved back to New York. So now if you had attended school in LA, right. And then you were in LA for 13 years and then you went to, um, to, uh, Texas again, would you, and then you're trying to go to New York. Do you, do you feel like you would just move back to Los Angeles? You know, I don't think so. I think I would have just gone to New York. That was, that was just, there's, there's no way you're going to come out West. huh? That's, that's it. I will say I love LA and every time I'm out there, I'm just like one of these days I'm going to do it. I'm going to move out here and it's pretty amazing. Are you in LA? Do you live, is that where you live? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm in Orange County. Oh, word. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the place to be. Yeah. Very pretty. Real housewives out here as opposed to fake ones, you know? So. <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I do like it. Um, and LA is cool. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, OC. it's no, it's no Texas though. Yeah. And I was reading the times today and they were saying that Texas is like the place that everyone is moving to, especially from California. Yeah. Garland was on one of the lists. Wait, who? Garland, the town. Um, I oh, 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 yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. My, Which, my fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Your fan base. So it, you're doing something I mean, right. Elon Musk is, is right, right down the street from you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. He's got a spaceship uh, thing in the, backyard Ireland, yeah you it's your parents joe rogan elon musk and that's who lives there oh yeah joe rogan's there totally yeah you forget about him he's sneaky what are some bands or artists and or artists or rather um that were large influences on you as as you were creating your own music um you know it's something that's always changing but there are a select few piano players that, um, I mean, Herbie Hancock, I'm going to say all the same things that like every piano keyboard player probably says. Do it. Let's hear uh, it. Yeah. Chick Corea, huge influence when I was in high school. Um, Miles Davis. I mean, every musician. Ooh. Miles Davis. New, new guy? No, he's an old guy. Or he's okay. dead now, but um Oh. Yeah. But he was around uh he was he was really big in the the fifties, sixties, seventies. He nineties? Uh he died in ninety one, I think. So ninety. Ninety. <laughs> yeah. 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 The man with the horn. Yeah. I think that was from ninety. But uh yeah, who else? Bill Evans. Of course. On, on, on a serious note, though, Bill Evans is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Really, Excellent really player. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm well, joking. Piano player. Trumpet, no? Who's Slow piano me. player? No, no trumpet. No, man, you, you, you keep getting me. I, I gotcha. Yeah. It's controllable. No, uh, but but Bill Evans is, is really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, left to right record where he plays like Fender Rhodes in his left hand and piano in his right. Just really great explorations. Mm. That was one of the first, uh, that was the first record I ever got was explorations. Really? Yeah. Obviously did not impact you, huh? It's just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shelf that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's phenomenal though. So the, I mean, so th- th- those are kind of like the, the, the really like the keys no pun intended to kind of what, how you got into music or what music inspired you. Yeah. Early on. And that expanded, you know, when I got into college, got really, really, really into Keith Jarrett and McCoy Tyner and uh, Brad Meldow. And um, you're listening to Prince. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't crazy people? I don't. Kinda, so I, which is fine. I, I I know I'm absolutely insane. It just doesn't. It's not my favorite, you know. Yeah, I I mean I know what you mean. 
I, I don't want to like alienate any listeners here. No, but, do it, um, do it. Alienate there's them. a lot of, tell them yeah, what they should be listening to be pitchfork right now. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, I, I know too. There's a, there is a lot of Prince songs that are just kind of like, okay. Not super like memorable. Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, purple rain is so killing. It is like a masterpiece. I love it. Mm-hmm. So good. Did you ever see Prince live? Oh man, no. But that would, that oh man could have been like oh man one time or like you said oh man <laughs> never like it's either one of the two. It's never a middle I, ground on that. No, I watch videos of him on YouTube all the time, just ripping guitar solos, and it's like incredible. He's so like the the commitment that he puts into playing it's just like he is going a thousand percent behind everything he plays there's no second guessing of anything which you know when you're improvising it's that's really hard to do sure yeah because i mean i mean i'm assuming you're you're timid on on some parts and in some parts you're more comfortable with but it's really that's exploration of feeling or getting out of the comfort zone really yeah yeah definitely yeah but yeah, that's all. I don't know. Prince, would you who do you who do you consider to be like the, a not the the best because it's hard to say the best, but like a really top tiered guitarist in your eyes. Um, I mean, play if we're to, it depends on a few different things, you know. Live, let's say live. Within a band, if that helps at all. Yeah. Man, good question. Gosh. Oh, that's two. That's two good. Wow, man. I'm really, I'm really putting up the numbers here on the good questions. It's usually one every few episodes, but two on the same one. You know, I mean, guitar players can tend to like, I, I like guys who can be very like supportive and you don't really notice what they're doing, but if you pay attention to it, it's like pretty incredible what they're playing. Yeah. It's oh. a fine line to walk, though. It's like, oh, this is incredible what he's doing, but you're not paying attention to it. Yeah, totally. It, you know, kind of, I, like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I do a lot of sideband work, and I'm, a lot of times the guy in the back just like kind of like playing, you know, a synth pad and just some piano triad triads, just you know, behind a singer or something. Right, right. I, I I feel like that's more prevalent in in uh, drumming though. In, in drummers it's like oh wow that's like a very intricate beat he's playing but you're not paying attention to that you're playing paying attention to the guitarist or the vocals or the bass or anything else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which is which is just fantastic when like you kind of your ear kind of turns on to that it's like oh wow that's that's not what i should be paying attention to but that's what i'm drawn to yeah but if i had to pick one it'd probably be ryan scott that guy is unbelievable what music genre are you most gravitated towards now has it changed since you started playing music or is it always kind of been in the same wheelhouse yeah definitely it's changed a lot um these days uh actually for a while now probably the past five or six years i've been really uh into exotica music and um I, i i love albert harrison Arthur Lyman and Wes Baxter, Martin Denny, all those dudes. Um, I really like that music. Um, the, uh, yeah. Also, I mean, this stuff is like getting really popular these days, but I love Japanese fusion, white yellow magic orchestra. And then like, you know, in my, I have a Spotify account and I, uh, like, I like the discover weekly function they have on there. That's what it's called, right? Uh, so much of the music that comes on there are these like obscure funk bands from like the seventies that are amazing, and I've it's like I've never heard of them, and it'll just be like one song on a playlist, and um, I'm always like, wait, what was that thing? Looking back, and um, yeah, have you have you heard that band Parliament? They're they're kind of way underground, and they're they're about they're about to blow up. They're Parliament, you know, like the cigarettes. Yeah, no, it's it's is a joke. Parliament Funkadelic. That one. Yeah, I know, I know who Parliament is. Okay, okay, all right. Oh, okay, you're 
<laughs> throwing it on me. Okay. I, you know. I, I see how this is going to be. Fair. All right. Well, you know, that's all the time we have, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but you, you really like to explore um, different genres and kind of mesh all these different inspirations into one. Correct. It, it turns out that way. It's not intentional. Um, but uh, it is, it's, it's kind of trick. People are like, what kind of music do you do? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like when I make the record, the labels, like what, which like where in the store are you going to find this you know it's not it doesn't go in the rock section it doesn't go in the jazz section it doesn't go into the pop section it doesn't go into the classical section it doesn't go into it's just like really hard to like where where do we put this how do we sell it um and you go you you don't sell it in the store it's already in people's homes that's what you say that right yeah and the end of email done Boom. Yeah. It's in people's homes. You know, it's like the last thing I put out, it's kind of like, uh, has kind of some like retro future kind of vibe to it. There's definitely some tropical exotic elements. You know, there's lots of like Latin percussion and, uh, but there's also, uh, Brazilian overtones. There's some like kind of weird film vintage film sounding stuff like 60s film noir kind of thing french film noir stuff um but it's also pretty psychedelic because it's like got lots of synthesizers and everything's going through tape and amps and tubes and all that stuff lots of echo um with the flute yeah always there's always echo and flute there has to be well, it's not flute. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> um, where did where did the name Colombo come from? With the K. Colombo. Yeah. Colombo. Um where did Colombo come? Well, Colombo initially came from you mean like how do we come up with the name? Yes. And what was it from the show, Colombo? No, actually, I was looking at a map of uh like the Indian Ocean, and saw that the capital of Sri Lanka is called Colombo. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then um, I found an island, or it's like an underwater volcano in the Aegean Sea called Colombo with a K. And I was like, "Oh, that's really that's really tiki." <laughs> so that's basically where the name came from. I like the adjective. It's really staring tiki. At, yeah, staring at maps. I love maps. Maps are great. Cartography on a, on a real note. Yeah. Awesome. It's good. I like it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, here. Good word. Cartography. I haven't heard that in a while. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. It's called watching Jeopardy. Oh yeah, man. What yeah. was the strangest concert you ever played? Strangest. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a show uh, recently. I was on a tour opening up for uh, circles around the sun and we were in i think it was in bend oregon and the venue was huge and this is like first tour since covid you know there's like i mean it was the room was way too big for like they were too big definitely for me and they were circles has a great turnout but this was like absurd. This was just like, especially in a small town like Bend. And um, so I remember I got on stage to do my set and there's like, I don't know, probably like 15 people there. And, you know, in a room that probably holds a thousand. And they had this barricade that went from the stage all the way down to the back of the room because on one side was all ages and the other side was uh you had to be 21 or up and i'd never seen that before i thought that was so bizarre you know you had to like keep the kids separated from the adults very odd do you prefer to sit or stand during a concert that you're attending um it depends on the show you know a rock show i don't really want to like sit and watch like a real hyped up rock band playing it's gonna be sitting there just like you know um, <laughs> i don't want to like go stand and watch a jazz show you know right 
but uh yeah or you go to see like i don't know you go to the opera and you're like standing there with like a solo cup it's like for, <laughs> i don't know three hours just, so. just just be oh what oh okay cool yeah all right yeah you can't Taking talk it. yeah and they like don't won't let you in only like certain points when it's like between movements or something <laughs> and, a, and a red a red solo cup <laughs> yeah red solo cups or whatever they're pouring beer in they don't let you take glass in there like a real rowdy at the opera that's yeah notorious yeah 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 i mean right of spring that that like created a riot right right of spring the right of spring by stravinsky oh yeah yes yeah well yeah. i mean Tchaikovsky was the real party. Yeah. 1812 Overture? I mean, come on. Oh, dude. With the fucking cannons? What is the greatest influence on your music that does not relate to music? Yeah, there's not, not nothing like really too interesting. You know, it's like movies, pictures, art, other, other forms of art, uh, my friends. Um, yeah, I don't know, just situations or environments. Um, definitely. Yeah, traveling. I love traveling. So everything that's not music is going into the music. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> what's what's a moment that you've had throughout your music career that really stands out to you still? Um, man, there's, there's definitely been a lot. Um, I, uh, the first touring gig I ever had was with, uh, Pat Martino, um, who's a great jazz guitar player. He just passed away actually, but, um, that was a really profound experience getting to play with him. And I was very young. I was 20 at the time. And so you'd be on the other side of the of the barricade there, if you were yep. watching it. Yeah, I would. Well, I had a fake ID, so depending on the place, it might let me in. Yes, it's pretty yes. good too. Yeah, as long as you didn't look at the hologram, which said authentic. Well, that's how they know it's legit. What do you mean? It has to be on there. All the authentic. <laughs> oh, it's authentic. You're good. Oh no, it's it's it, no, it's he's good. It said it on the on right. the card. Yeah. <laughs> was it a picture of yourself though, or was it a picture of somebody else? Um, it was a picture of me. Okay. Your name? Yeah. Yeah. I had all I my info, but it was a Pennsylvania ID. Ooh. Yeah. Which, right. you know, in New York, it's like careful, but it only, it only got turned down like twice, I think. And they let you keep it. Yeah. Well, one guy gave it back to me. It was like, what's your zip code? And I was <laughs> like, oh shit. I don't know. <laughs> and he gave me the beers and he was like, you know, he didn't care. It's like, all right, that's nice. Cool. Thank you, buddy. All right. Authentic. Yeah, authentic. <laughs> Hologram was an eagle that said authentic. First, the first two you did. You're, you're, you're 20, you got a fake ID. Yeah. <laughs> you're buying booze illegally. Gotcha. Yeah, going nuts. Yeah. Ape shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, Martino is playing with him was pretty incredible. Um, and it led to a lot of other things too. Um, but yeah, that is, is that's one that kind of opened up doors for you. It did, yeah. And also around that same time, like I started playing with this trumpet player named Jeremy Pelt, and I ended up working with him for like probably ten years. And I still like he still asked me to come and play records with him. He would just have me in as a guest on a song or something. Um, but, uh, Jeremy was really, uh, I mean, he, he was just telling all of his peers about me and giving my number to them and telling them to call me. And I got a ton of great gigs with people because he did that. And, um, which was really cool. I got to tour with Wallace Roney for a while, um, and Nicholas Payton. You know, the trumpet players are all, they're all real close. They're, you know, 
they all they all like trade sidemen and licks and stuff. Um, yeah, that that led to a lot of stuff. Do you enjoy developing uh, and like working out and hashing out songs, or do you prefer performing those songs that you've been really honing in working on? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? There was like crazy. Oh, I heard it. <laughs> That's fucking. It. It's New York outside. I get it. Do you, yeah. No, I said, do you um do you prefer developing and writing and like honing songs, like just sitting there and figuring out like what things are working, what things aren't working, and taking them out and putting new stuff in, or do you prefer performing those songs that you've really been sitting and and crafting and you know working out? Oh, I mean, if I had to pick, I definitely the second one. Being able to like play so, them. So ni- not neither, neither, neither. Yeah, neither one. So nope. performing rather than writing the songs. Yeah, that's always more fun, you know. Um. Yeah, I mean, I love writing music, but it's it can be pretty boring, you know. Just getting the whole process for the whole thing. Um, when it starts taking shape, that's when it gets really exciting, you know, and then when you finally get this whole thing crafted and put together and then you can actually uh, rehearse a band and everyone learns a song and you get it happening, then book the gig and you play in front of people. It's like by the time you're on the stage, like what has happened in the amount of time for like that four minutes or even just whatever, 40 minute set or hour long set. It's just, yeah, it's... You say you have no fucking idea what it took to get here. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> right. I mean, it must be truly uh, just like a surreal experience. I mean, like, this is an idea that I had, and I've been working on it, and now I'm performing it in front of you. Yeah, it is kind of surreal. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess people have been doing that since people are people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a few years into being people, though. Yeah. It's like two or three. Just a little bit of a gap year, perhaps. You know, just, yeah. Sure. Yeah, totally. Do you leave room for uh, uh, improvisation while on stage? Or do you like to stick to the script and say, like, okay, this is how it's written. I'm going to stick to it. These days, I usually stick to the script um, only because um, there's not always time like the band doesn't perform enough you know to be able to do i think when we get to the point where we're going to be on the road like playing regularly every night we'll we'll be able to do stuff like that um but it's tough to do that when it's like you play a show once every two months sporadically yeah do you do you prefer when you see live performances of a band that you really like know and and like for it to sound exactly like the record or to sound kind of like it. And they're going off into something else. I think that's way more fun. The second thing. Yeah. When we, you know, when they play the song, which you recognize, but um, yeah, maybe they've done like a little re rearranging of it for the live show. And uh, yeah, they'll go off and do some other stuff, do some, some improv or whatever that's definitely that's cool and just to clarify that we do that in my group as well you said you didn't though you just you said you didn't and you're vehemently against it so now what what is it (laughs) no no we we do that we do it we do it we do it um and you do it well correct and that's why people should come see you right when you're performing in their in their neck of the woods definitely yeah and oregon new york yeah Maybe LA if you like it or not. We'll see. Oh yeah. Yeah. LA definitely. Um but uh yeah. I mean it's also it's all within structure. There's like sections of songs where uh they're open and somebody will make a cue when to go on. So I guess the improvis the improvising is kind of written into the form of the tunes. You know, yeah. Okay. So that so the, the there is wiggle room within it. Definitely. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying now. 
and you yeah. love doing it and you're a master improv guy. I would not say I'm a master improv guy. Oh, no, no. I didn't mean a music. I mean, like, just up on stage. Like, could I get a suggestion for a place? Like, that's that's where you really hone in on improvisation, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's not really in, in music so much. It's just on stage and you're and you're really you're really good right i'm so good i have great stage banter i really connect with the audience and we really you know get it get it going i know i've I seen the clips on youtube you recently performed at red rocks amphitheater in it sort of i said in were you not on the stage just for one song okay let me tell you this you've been to red rocks and performed there more times than i have one song is still a song yeah it was really fun i mean i bet i've I've only seen pictures i i mean that just looks insane how did you how did it feel stepping up on that stage incredible you're just more stepping down on it because the stage is like at the bottom and and all the seating like goes up right yeah no that's true (laughs) but uh it was great because uh it was with Circles Around the Sun, and they, the bass player, Dan, um, great bud, great bass player, um, he, like, sets up all these disco balls on the stage during their set, and it looks great in the room because the lighting, they put the lights on them, and it's just, like, crazy disco party in there. And at Red Rocks, it was, like, that times, like, 10,000 it just the whole thing like all the way up the everybody there it was just like so trippy it was amazing it looked so cool um that's rad that's really yeah. cool yeah and it was a sold out show too so the energy at the uh venue was really good um, do you ever feel nervous before performing yeah yeah every all time, the time. Yeah, you know, when I'm doing sideman gigs, I don't feel nervous doing those. Um, those are fun and relaxing, and especially if I'm, like, really comfortable in the music and have it committed to memory. Um, but, yeah, my own shows are scary. Unless if I'm on a tour, you know, after, like, I don't know, probably, like, three or four nights, it's I don't, – I don't really get nervous – anymore because you become bored and you don't want to be playing the songs anymore and you just want to get back home right yeah i want to get back home to my dog and my wife and just my tv and my house shoes your mansion yeah my mansion that i got with all the spotify royalty checks thank you spotify yeah spotify (laughs) (laughs) no but i um I, I I can only imagine that. I mean, it would want to take you a few things to really get into like the swing of things. Again, it's like okay, I know, I know what the set list is going to be. I, I we've performed these songs a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like the answer. I like your answer. That's a good answer. How about that? I flip it on you. All right. Yeah. One Frank. Frank one. Yeah. Let's let's look at the board, right? Three. Yeah, you're winning. Yeah. What? prompted the partnership between uh the the calico discos and i'm pretty sure i'm saying that correct but i yeah. could be wrong yeah the all eyes um record label and in your music but what what, what kind of what, what what branched that gap well um i was touring a couple of years ago with a band called grateful shred grateful dead cover band mm-hmm. and, uh, sam Bosuki, nice guy he's been on here Oh, okay. Well, Sam, I should have just gone right to that. Sam, you from... should have, but whatever. <laughs> no, let's Clay first, and then we'll talk about. Yeah. Well, Sam and Clay. Uh, well, the Alalas were coming to New York to do some shows, and Sam and Clay Mapache, they know those guys, and they were like, "Oh, you should get our friend Frank to open for you." So I got to open a couple shows for the Laws, and. Um, sort of didn't haven't really didn't really like maintain a whole lot of contact with them um and then spencer the bass player from the laws uh found out about this new record i made during covid and he hit me up and was just like hey man i'd love to check out your record and so 
I sent it to him and he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's put it out. Awesome. Yeah. That's killer. That's really cool that, that they're doing that. Um, yeah. I'm so excited. I, yeah. Having a record label and some people behind you is really helpful. Just doing all this shit on your own is fucking crazy. It's like, it's kind of, you're kind of crazy to like make records and put them out and do it all on your, like make the record at home. And then like the, the once the record's fully finished, you're only halfway there. Yeah. Then after that, it's like doing all the, you know, getting all the codes together for getting it streaming and you have to make, you know, banners for social media you gotta yeah, get the press. Uh -huh. all that stuff it's just like stuff that's record label stuff that's what record labels do yeah. so you do too before calico discos so awesome yeah so super stoked it's also i think it's a great fit they have some really great records they've put out oh yeah and, um, yeah they also just became an imprint of uh innovative leisure awesome yeah so that's cool um so yeah the only thing that sucks is that i'm sure you've heard these days vinyl manufacturing is completely backlogged and why was it, is it because of one or two people don't tell me yeah, that i don't is it i don't even i'd like i just just you know all this covid shit man it's just yeah, so uh, Spencer and I have been hitting up some places, and everyone is like, "Yeah, it's a minimum like twelve months turnaround." We yeah, found one place that could do it for a little bit less, but so it looks like the record's probably not going to come out until this time next year. <laughs> well, people could just stay hungry for it, right? And they'll and they'll they'll come back, and they'll, yeah. they'll be they'll be ready to to, to spend their cash on it. I mean, the band is going to be so dialed in at that point. So fucking improv up the ass, dude. Every yeah. night. Yeah. Every night. They're going to be like, what are you guys playing? Is this the record? Is this it's what like, we heard? I'm just so look at this. Fucking yeah, dude. You should have been here a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you see for the future of, of the union between you guys? Do you, do you guys, you, I mean, obviously it's, it's going to be positive and just, you, you, you got a record coming out. Hope, yeah. I mean, eventually. Yeah, eventually. Record's going to come out. Um, there's an option to do a second record, which is great. You, you think you're going to do it? I hope so. I want to. It's you know, it's up to them. Okay. But I, I, I said yes. I, I When I signed, when I put my Herbie Hancock on the dotted line, I was like, <laughs> yes, let's do a second record. Awesome, man. Uh, ultimately, it's up to them. That's but, killer. That's killer. And yeah. uh Good, good guys to, to, to be to be in business with and great dudes. Uh, Miles has been on as well. Very, very nice guys. Yeah. Um, good music all around coming out of there. Who they're having. I mean, uh, Mapache, obviously. Uh, Tim Hill. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, that record's great. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So just uh, keep your eye out for that. And, and uh, Calico Discos will be promoting it and you will as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And um, but in the meantime, as everybody's waiting for this new record to come out, uh, the people can find your your previous music at Frank Locrasto. Right. Am I am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Locrasto. OK, I was I was I've been thinking about that. I, was like, I don't want to fuck this up. But anyways, dot com in all streaming platforms. Be sure to make him another mill because he gets a shit ton of money from every stream. Correct. So much. So much money, um, and they can stay up to date with the uh, with the new music and uh, releases at Columbo Tunes on Instagram. That's K O L U M B O Tunes on Instagram. Is there anything else we got to promote them before I cut you loose here? Um, oh, you know what? I've got uh, some stuff coming up at the end of January. I'm going to be opening up for Sugar Candy Mountain um fucking fantastic band yeah just four four shows in uh in california i think starts on the 27th of and yeah january yeah 27th perfect this will be out before then so great so be sure and that's all at frank lacrastro Lo, 
Crasto.com. There you go. I threw, I threw another R. Just I, I wanted to judge it up. I like to improv on my own time, you know? I love it. It's great. Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, but that's that's where people should go find the tickets, correct? Yeah, yeah. I got ticket links on my website. So, awesome. Yeah. Dude, Frank, fun. thank you so much. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. Oh, I'm here. Yeah, thanks for, this out. for reaching out. and It's been great. You're really good at this. Oh, I, I, I try. I'm, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs>